in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wait, what was I just listening to? Is that a rerun again? It was a clip of me. All right. Can you have the news reporter do another uh, 30 seconds of news when I'm 30 seconds late? Everybody. Oh, boy. All right. Everyone wants to turn you into the man. I'm getting busted. Uh, I'm a very busy man with many responsibilities, but none that I cherish more than being with you between 106 plus or minus 30 seconds and 3 o'clock. Hello. Um, Hello. 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 Uh, Enough with the heat, but what can you do? I'm not one to really notice or really mind the weather, but this is <laughs> this is pretty bad. This is really bad, really heavy. Thank God for air conditioning. Oh, it feels so light and beautiful in here right now. Oh, it looks like it's going to rain now. It's very windy outside, windy and hot. That's unusual. Uh, how about this? Joe Biden has cancer. Did you hear? He actually admitted it himself. Uh, do me a favor. Run for us. Cut 30. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. Wow, he's got cancer. Uh, Let me hear that one more time. Cut 31. Here's a shorter version. Just the part where he's saying he is what? Cut 31? That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Cancer, because of all the oil slicks and stuff like that, all the chemicals around. So what kind of cancer? We don't know. And he didn't say he had it. He says he has it. He has cancer. We have cancer. Have. Use the word present tense. Not only him, other people. Now, uh, this was all downplayed. Oh, no, no, no. What Joe was referring to was a uh, a lesion that he had on his nose in 1999. Uh, just uh, skin cancer. No, he wasn't talking about skin cancer. Now, I know Joe tells tall tales a lot so he can connect with people, but I think this was actually uh, a gaffe in the classic sense, the inadvertent telling of the truth. I believe he has uh, health issues. It's, hey, there's no scandal in having whatever it might be, prostate cancer or whatever. The scandal is keeping it quiet. The scandal is uh, not telling everybody. And you're supposed to make all this information public. Uh, already, uh, the fact checkers, uh, the Washington Post, they're all protecting Joe Biden. No, 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 no. That was, uh, he was referring to skin cancer. No, he wasn't. He was not. He wasn't. He said He said what he said. So, what, by the way, he either has cancer or he's a total liar. I got to hear this again. Do me a favor. Seriously. We all know what skin cancer is, right? He's not talking about that here. No way. Cut 30. One more time. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. That's why the oil, the environment, all the chemicals. He lived in Delaware after all, right? So much oil on his windshield. You had to scrape it off the car. That's why he has cancer, he says. All right, I guess I could believe that. I could believe that, yeah, environmental, whatever, all that stuff. Sure, you could. Look, lots of people get cancer. Lots of people get prostate cancer. I'd be actually more surprised if Joe Biden, he's 79 years old, didn't have prostate cancer. And here's the issue for me. 
look, what kind of treatment is he undergoing? Is it chemotherapy? Is it hormonal therapy? What's going on? Because there are side effects, even cognitive side effects. But nope, nothing to see here. Oh, wait a second. Uh, Surprise announcement. He has COVID. I think this is all a distraction. Uh, I think they want to get people off this cancer thing. It makes total sense to me that he could have cancer. Again, not a scandal, but what are you hiding? Why hide it? Why bother? Hey, you know, Rudy Giuliani had cancer 20-something years ago. 20-something years ago. I think he was mayor. Wasn't Giuliani mayor when he had cancer? He had prostate cancer, and I think it was even while he was mayor. And he kicked it. He won. People kick cancer all the time. Who's another famous guy who had it? Uh, You name it. Joe Torre. When? When was it? Tell me. The year 2000. Rudy Giuliani had it, and he was mayor of uh, the city, and he beat it, whatever, could continue his work, but uh, he was upfront about it. He told everybody, I don't trust this president. I don't trust this administration. They're playing all kinds of games. Where does he go on the weekends? You know, they make such a big deal about those bike rides and the beach walks. But, you know, most weekends he's in hiding. He's literally in hiding. And he's going to Delaware, not just during the summer, like a normal person with a summer house, but he's going every single weekend. You really want to be in Delaware in February, March? Why? Why? The privacy? Why does he need the privacy? For treatment. That's what I think is going on. Who knows? He's certainly given us a lot to work with here, right? Cut 31. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he is a liar. We know that. And I, I this, to me, never gets old. I'm sorry. This never gets old. When he was... Caught lying to that guy in 1987. Everything he said, he's boasting, he's bragging about his uh, his education, credentials he does not have, awards he did not receive. The brazenness of his lies, it's still, all these years later, it's still astounding. You want to? You want to? All right. Why not? Uh, cut 32. What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably right have here. a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. I would, too. And Frank would win. <laughs> uh, this maniac. Guy asked him a simple question. Where'd you go to law school? Never answered that. Happened to have gone to uh, Syracuse Law School where he had big problems. Big problems because he plagiarized, he cheated, he made stuff up, and he was almost thrown out of it. He was actually on probation because he got caught cheating. Cheating, cheating. He graduated at the bottom of his law school class, not the top half. He didn't win any international moot court competition. He did not graduate with three degrees from undergraduate. No, none of that stuff is true. Back then, the fake news wasn't so fake, and they called him out, and he had to drop out. This serial liar, though, well, he kept telling the lies, and then the culture changed. Either we don't care, or we don't care when those lies are told by Democrats. 
It's pretty wild. And then this know-nothing, this know-nothing degenerate liar, cut 33. Listen to this. He's going to tell us about this stuff now, cut 33. Climate change is literally an existential threat to our nation and to the world. Thanks. Existential threat. This guy really knows how to connect. Talking about an existential threat. Thank you, Camus. He's actually not using the word properly or correctly. And then, hey, maybe the problem is Joe. Uh, Think about it. When you say this, Joe, what is the problem? Wait, where is this? Oh, yeah. Cut 34. We all have a duty right now to our economy, to our competitiveness in the world, to the young people in this nation and to future generations. That sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. It's real. To act boldly on climate. And so does Congress. What's notwithstanding the leadership of the men and women that are here today has failed in his duty. Not a single Republican in Congress stepped up to support my climate plan. Not one. I think that says something about Joe and his climate plan, doesn't it? This guy who called himself the master of the Senate could not get one Republican. Republicans hate the environment. Do Republicans want us to all burn up? Of course not. Your plan does not address any, it's a freaking scam. It really is. All right? This is an elitist hobby for you, Obama, Prince Harry, um, Richard Branson, all you guys. Stuff, just something you can talk about. It's a game. It's a scam. Now, you pretend it's for the working man, right? He pretends it's for the working man. Where is that? Uh, cut 35. Folks. When I think about climate change, and I've been saying this for three years, I think jobs. Climate change, I think jobs. How about about the Keystone Pipeline? There are so many more jobs in fossil fuel industry. We're just not there yet with this stuff. you got to see my Newsmax show. I played you the video of all those crazy windmills. Uh, They look beautiful when you think about them in the abstract, you know, a windmill in Holland. No, they're not like that. Trump was right. The, 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 the carbon emissions, even from a windmill, uh, you kill the birds. These things are not environmentally friendly at all. And they just don't provide enough power. They're just not there yet. Hey, Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Remember this? These guys are all amateurs. All they really like to do is signal their exclusivity. Hey, I'm in the club. Prince Harry at the United Nations, cut 36. How dare he? As we sit here today, our world is on fire. Again. And these historic weather events are no longer historic. More and more, they are part of our daily lives. And this crisis will only grow worse unless our leaders lead. He doesn't know anything. He literally doesn't know anything. Um, you want to ask him about dressing up as a Nazi at Halloween? He could tell you all about that. He did that, by the way. He wore a swastika as an adult to a Halloween party. He used the most horrific racist terms toward people who don't look like him. He did. He did. He doesn't know anything about this stuff. He's not a scientist. It just goes with the flow. And then how dare he? He lectures us. He lectures us about what's happening in our country. Prince Harry. Actually, I guess he's not a prince anymore. What did they call him? Just Harry? Uh, Because he renounced that. He ruined two families, by the way. His own family 
the British family, and then Meghan Markle's. He screwed that up, too. Cut 37. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. This kind of rhetoric, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Saying that those who want secure elections in America are somehow on the same level as Putin, and then the issue in Georgia is something like the invasion of Ukraine, right? This is dangerous stuff. And this punk, this redheaded punk, by the way, let's face it, his real father is not Prince Charles, right? It's that other guy. It's the redheaded uh, soldier. Um, because I think Prince Charles would know better to keep this kid out of politics. Out of They're not supposed to be saying stuff like this. All right. Anyway, that's what uh, works on the elite globalist and uh, the elite globalist scene. As we go to break, the people understand it all. And when Joe Biden left from that phony environmental event up in Massachusetts, the people of Massachusetts said goodbye, and they did it in the <laughs> in the best way possible. A lot of let's go Brandons in the mix, and uh, cut thirty nine. His great big SUV, all these vehicles, Mr. Environmentalist. Hear that? Let's go, Brandon. And they middle finger. Sorry, Joe. It's tough. It must be. George W. Bush used to say to himself, they, they're just saying I'm number one when they give me the middle finger. That's that's quite some spin there, W. <laughs> he got the joke at least. All right, give me a moment. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, tonight, 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 prime time. They're going to ruin what is usually on TV on Thursday night. I have no idea. Uh, Thursday night, 8 o'clock. The last time I watched TV, Thursday night at 8 o'clock, Magnum P.I. was on back in the day, right? Magnum P.I. was on on Thursday nights. I have no idea what's normally on TV. Nobody really watches TV uh, like that anymore, except to watch Newsmax at 10 p.m., uh, I have great stuff every single night. Newsmax, 10 p.m. Uh, you can download the app. You can find it on uh, TV, hopefully. Uh, so they're going to have, uh, what did President Trump do on January 6th while the insurrection was underway? Well, uh, it's all it's all a absurd con, this January 6th obsession of the Democrats. It is a scam. Uh, these hearings are atrocious. They are anti-American, anti-democratic, absolutely, you can't have. It's an infomercial. It is like that Larry King show I showed you. Not the Larry King, the good show, but post-CNN when he used to do infomercials, and he tried to make uh, it look like a show, but it was really a commercial. These are campaign commercials, and they want to tarnish and hurt Donald Trump. And uh, there are a lot of gullible people out there who just might go along with it. I don't think so, though. I don't think there's that much interest. And even when they put out... Uh, information, evidence, they say, that they think is so damning. Uh, I'm like, uh, this, uh, hello? So Adam Kinzinger, nobody likes him. He will soon be an ex-congressman. Career politician. He's like 33 years old. He's a career politician. He's been in office. He's been running for things since the age of 20, 20, 20 years old. Um, a really pompous guy, by the way. I, I've never been around him. Uh, I wonder, anyway. Let me play this clip that they put out. He put out, like, watch. 
Ooh, how do they how do they put it? Let me see. I it, it was so, this is supposed to be devastating information. Adam Kinzinger says, "Was Donald Tr- what was Donald Trump doing while the Capitol was under siege? Take a look." All right, that's and he has a link to the video you're about to hear. It's just a bunch of people talking in, you know, giving depositions, all right? The first one I think is Kaylee McEnany. All right, what was Donald Trump doing on January 6th? Let's let's take a listen. Was the president in that private dining room the whole time that the attack on the Capitol was going on? Or did he ever go, to, again, only to your knowledge, to the Oval Office, to the White House Situation Room, anywhere else? So that's my recollection. He was always in the dining room. Yeah, did, what did they say, Mr. Meadows or the president? At all? During that brief encounter that you were in the dining room? What do you recall? I think they were, everybody was watching the TV. Do you know whether... He was watching TV in the dining room when uh, you talked to him on January 6th. It's my understanding he was watching television. When you were in the dining room in these discussions, was the the, the violence capital visible on the screen on on the television? Yes. Right. All right. The president was watching TV. On January 6th, my God, how could he watch television on January 6th? Uh, Well, I was watching TV on January 6th. I was in my kitchen, not in the dining room. Um, You have it on in the – is he not allowed to have the television on? All right, so he has the TV on. What does he see? What channel is it on? These are the questions, actually. If you're going to actually go down these silly rabbit holes, which the whole thing is, is again, a sham, Um, let's pretend – for a moment that he's watching and he's seeing rioting, all right, on television. Now, we did have months and months and months and months and months of rioting, right? We did, Black Lives Matter. We have people like General Milley who have been praised for telling him you cannot use troops to put down the violence. These are peaceful protests, do you remember? I remember there are books about this. And General Milley stood up to the president and said, you cannot use the troops. No, no, sir. We will not put down this This is peaceful. We must allow it to continue. Anything else would be anti-democrat. Okay. Okay. Even putting that aside, what is the president supposed to do when he's watching TV and what does he see on that TV? Well, I saw a lot of people milling around. I saw a lot of people milling around. You forget, January 6th, some of the worst stuff came out later, much later, actually. Now, somebody today I know pointed out, well, wait a second, there was... uh, there was video that came out on January 6th of uh, people punching each other, cops having a fight in the basement of the Capitol. Okay. Is the president is the president of the United States? What can he do about that? What should he do about that? Practically speaking, what can he do? Don't we have a Capitol Police Force? Don't we have a Metro Police Force? Don't we have uh, federal marshals? Don't we have Secret Service? Don't we have we have all of these levels, all of these people? Are were they waiting around for direction? Were they like were they pulling the Uvalde cops just waiting around, being waiting to be told what to do? Is that their is that their defense, the Uvalde defense? We needed the president to tell us what to do. I don't think so. I don't think so. Actually, I know this is again, they're just trying to hurt him. Don't let them get through to you. Sandra in New Jersey, welcome back. Hi. Hey, Greg. Good afternoon. How are you today? Wonderful. What's going on? I just had a quick question. As I was watching your show last night, and I think 10 o'clock is the greatest time because all our activities are done and we can sit and learn. I 
saw them say on the bottom, you know, when they have all the writing, the news, it said that Bannon prosecutors um, rest their case after two witnesses. So I wanted to know, is that a good thing or not a good thing? That's a good question. That's a good question. Is it a good thing or not a good thing that the prosecutor... Here's the thing. It's an irrelevant thing. You will not get justice out of a D.C. jury. Okay? It's impossible. It's essentially impossible. He is going to be convicted. Don't forget, Sandra, but that doesn't mean the end of Steve Bannon. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this just happened. Uh, George Floyd, remember when they, uh, you know what happened to him. And uh, one of the police involved named Thomas Lane, he was fired from the force immediately, was just sentenced to two and a half years in prison today for his role in the killing of George Floyd. Uh, Prosecutors asked the judge for a five to six year sentence. Uh, Lane's defense asked for two years and three months, and they got uh, two years and uh, two and a half years. I think this was like his third day on the job. He was a very junior police officer. Uh, Chauvin was the supervisor, essentially. He was the most senior. This is always obscured by the fake news. Uh, They never wanted you to know that one of the cops holding down uh, George Floyd was black. Uh, The other cop uh, who was kind of trying to keep the crowd at bay was Asian. Thomas Lane happened to be white. They never tell you that, of course, the maneuver, putting a knee on someone's neck, was actually as incredible and crazy as it sounds, was an authorized maneuver by the Minneapolis Police Department that was in their handbook. No, in the rush to uh, mob justice, they just uh, didn't tell you any of that stuff. I, I feel, I feel I'm conflicted about a lot of this stuff, actually. And I, I also think when George Floyd was yelling and screaming in the back of the cop car, you know, they put him in the back of the car. He was yelling and screaming. They thought he was going to die of a panic attack, so they took mercy on him and put him on the ground. Um, wow, wow, it's pouring rain right now. Yikes. Um, that's great. I love it. I love rain. I love it when it's cloudy. got to tell you, I'm more of an indoor person than an outdoor person. I don't know. There's something. Part of it comes from when I had to go to the beach in Breezy Point, visit my grandparents and my cousins. They had a place on Jamaica walk. Um, There was this thing, basically you went out all day long, you know, from nine to like the sun came down, you were outside. I didn't want to be outside. I wanted to watch TV. I wanted to play with my toys. You know, the beach, the sand, the dirty, it was always, the water seemed too cold. There were too many shells all over the place. Uh, It was tough on your feet. Uh, I didn't get along with all the kids there. You know, I just, I I don't know. I was, I I like to be indoors instead. And to this day, I like, like cloudy means you can stay inside. And I was always encouraged. You got to get outside. You got to get outside. You got to get outside. And I'm I'm okay. Eventually. Can I play with my Star Wars figures for a little while? You can't take those outside. They'll damage them. You'll lose them. 
I don't know, more of an indoor. And I know summer is great, but uh, so Thomas Lane and uh, Chauvin, he got, you know what, what's going to happen, though? I think he's going to get that whole situation overturned on appeal. Uh, That could very well happen. Very well happened. Hey, I want to wish luck to the woman who's running for Congress against Liz Cheney in Wyoming. Uh, her name is Hageman. Hageman. And uh, she's fantastic. Donald Trump likes her. Cut 44. Over the next six months, the people of Wyoming are going to vote to dump your rhino congresswoman, Liz Cheney. And you're going to send the incredible Harriet Hageman to Congress. The entire Republican Party is united behind Harriet. She's endorsed by practically everyone. And most importantly, perhaps, she's endorsed by me. (laughs) She's endorsed by me. Man, great stuff. You know what? He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. Hey, did you see Ivana's funeral yesterday? Very somber affair, obviously. And uh, the family outside the church as the casket was brought out and put into the hearse. Excuse me, have you seen the pictures in the New York Post? Look at Donald Trump. He's so silent. He's he's so quiet. Now, obviously, that's a pro- but there's something about that picture. Take a look at it. He's He's obviously sad. I wonder what he's thinking about the life that they had together. Uh, the children they created together. What is that moment like? I hope I, I don't know, gosh, many decades from now, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to, but it was it was a sad moment, obviously, but there's something about him, and I wonder, I wonder what he's thinking right now. I wonder what he's going through. Ivana Trump was buried at Bedminster, the country club golf course. There's a, I knew this a long time ago, actually. I heard that Donald Trump wanted to be buried there, wants to be buried there, has made arrangements to be buried there, and Ivana Trump is buried there. What does that say, actually? What does that say? Because he'll be buried there. That's where his first wife will be buried. Is that the true love of his? I, I don't want to say. Melania is still around. I hope she's buried there, too. Uh, gosh, uh, you have to get a special permit to. You can't just bury bodies wherever you want. You got to arrange that, especially if it's at a golf course. They arranged it, and that's where he wants to be put to rest. Uh, personally, I want to be cremated. I cannot stand the thought of being in a coffin and, uh, oh, you know, what happens to bodies in coffins. I don't want that. To, I just don't want that. I, and, oh, it, it makes me very uncomfortable. And I don't know if you ever saw the Twilight episode where they, a guy is alive. They think he's dead, but he's actually alive. And they, um, they, they do an autopsy and they're about to bury him. And then they finally figure it out he's alive. How do they figure it out? He starts to cry. They see tears coming out of his eyes. And um, so they don't bury him. But I've always been worried about that. I think anybody probably people have had that thought, right? I'm not the only one. Uh, Let's see what else. Ooh, um, Howard Schultz is a crazy Democrat. He runs Starbucks. He's a CEO, but he understands uh, right and wrong. He understands law and order. And he's talking very frankly with his senior executives in this video that was uncovered about how dangerous it is out there and how government has failed not only business, but failed the people, failed his employees. This is Howard Schultz, CEO of the Starbucks Corporation. Cut 40. The local, state, and federal level, these governments across the country 
and leaders, mayors and governors and city councils, have abdicated their responsibility in fighting crime and addressing mental illness. They abdicated their responsibility. What's more, cut 41. It has shocked me that one of the primary concerns that our retail partners have is their own personal safety. And then we heard the stories that go along with it about what happens in our bathrooms. The issue of mental illness, the issues of homelessness, and the issues of crime. And Starbucks is a window into America. We have stores in every community, and we are facing things in which the stores were not built for. And so we're listening to our people and closing stores, and this is just the beginning. There are going to be many more. This could be the real unifying issue, actually. Democrats and Republicans alike. Democrats don't want crime. This uh, false narrative about America being a systemically racist place and uh, the police being racist, it's got to stop. It's a fiction. But that fiction took hold with too many people. We have essentially neutralized the police. And we have idiots like Eric Adams. Somebody wanted to appear virtuous by voting for, excuse me, sorry to say it, but voting for the black guy. (laughs) Vote for whoever you want. Vote for the best guy. Often that person is who knows what they look like, all right? It doesn't matter. But in this case, the guy with name recognition, Eric Adams, the black guy, had nothing, nothing on his resume to indicate he'd be up to this job. And he's proving me right. He's proving me right. He knows literally nothing except wearing those clothes and shooting his mouth off. And he's going to be playing the blame game for a long time. And he's going to fool A lot of the rich people in New York, he's still doing it. A lot of these folks are still charmed, still charmed. Uh, Kathy Hochul's on a power trip, our governor. Lee Zeldin, the more I look at this guy, the more I like him. He has new ads. This is a real race. This is going to be a real race, and Zeldin has a real shot. Now, a lot of people are apathetic and checked out, and now Democrats always seem to win. I don't think so. Not this time. Not this time. Hochul. Hochul. You know she's copying Andrew Cuomo now when it comes to COVID. Cut 19. We learned anything. Uh, we know that kids need to be in school. So it is our objective uh, ensuring the safety of our students, but that they be in classroom for in-person learning. We already know that. See how she's trying to state the obvious, right? She's just kind of coming out there, increasing her visibility, trying to make it look like she's inevitable. It's not inevitable. Remember. Remember what she did and what she didn't do. Let this city burn in the summer of 2020. Along with Andrew Cuomo, I finally got his number. Huh? We all finally got his number. Like so many Democrats in it for the wrong reason. In it for a book deal. In it to be friends with famous people. You can have them. You can have them. All right. Uh, The other thing we needed to get to is, oh, 53 years ago, we were on our way back from the moon. I still think that's awesome. I still think about it all the time, that we human beings have been on the moon. Isn't that just the greatest thing in the world? And now what are we worried about? This is a no kidding network news show. What would happen if Walter Cronkite came back to life today? He was anchoring the news when we were walking on the moon in 1969. Today. ABC News. Uh, Here they are. You know what they're talking about? 
some costume character at the amusement park not hugging a child. And that child now calling out, saying it's racist. Cut 46, please. Sesame Place being under fire this morning. The popular kids amusement park apologized after a video went viral that appeared to show a costume character snubbing two black girls. The family and their attorney is going to have a press conference here in New York today. But the little girls, six years old, yeah. I mean, no matter where you come down on interpretation, that little hearts were broken. Yeah. Shut up. The girls are Stop so for a second. Those little girls' hearts were broken. Those little, you know, there are, did, have you seen this ridiculous video yet? It's no big deal. There, there's, it's a parade of costume characters. Those costume characters don't stop for every single kid. They can't. They're too much in demand. Oh, gosh. And they're egging it on. And the two who are saying this, who are engaging in this stupid conversation, Michael Strahan and the other one, uh, TJ, I think his name is, pretty sharp guy. I like him, but he's trying to milk this issue, trying to turn it into something that it's not. Why? To enhance his own power, his own status. And, oh, yeah, he happens to be a person of color. I see it all the time. I see the Sonny Hostin on, on The View. I see Lester Holt taking these issues, not because, not because black people care about them, but it's for them to use as an issue to enhance and retain their power. They don't care about the little guy. Believe me. Continue with this actually gotten counseling for the girls right counseling now, for the girls because a furry by. character walked by can you believe it is this a country that went to the moon or what keep going with the support for now amid the fallout several new videos also surfaced that appear to show some similar incidents the park hasn't responded to those but it says it has reached out to the family from last weekend and invited them for a special meet and greet opportunity with the park characters you do get used to these horrible microaggressions and being marginalized um, but when that happens to your kids you yeah, feel right. so angry i was sad i was pissed um and immediately just go into defense mode because your first thing as a parent is you want to we are here today to ensure that Sesame Place and others know that this behavior will not be tolerated. All right. Please, if you haven't seen the video, Rosita is the character. Rosita basically is like a green cookie monster walking around Sesame Place, which is a little dinky amusement park in Philadelphia. All right. So you got these characters walking around. And Rosita, who, by the way, was invented as a diversity character. Rosita, Hispanic, Latina, whatever. I can't tell the gender of Rosita. It's just a big, furry blob, but whatever. All right, so they bring in Rosita for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and now they're accusing Rosita of being racist just because uh, it is insane. It is, it's actually funny, though. It really is funny. And I slowed down the video like it was the bloody Zapruder film. And I proved to the folks last night that it's not racist. Something else happened. Two seconds before she walked by these beautiful black kids, by the way, who look momentarily confused. They don't look traumatized. They don't look heartbroken. Uh, I see Rosita high-fiving a black person. High-fiving a black person. Racist Rosita? No. Did you hear all that nonsense? Man, what are they doing? What would Neil Armstrong think of this country today? 53 years ago, cut 42. Ice on, forward, forward, 40 feet down, two and a half, picking up some dust, Face shadow, four forward, drifting to the right a little, 30 seconds, forward, contact light, 
Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Copy you, Eagle. We copy you on the ground, Eagle. We're breathing again. You got a lot of guys about to turn blue. For whatever reason, they left Charlie Duke's reaction out of that clip. Charlie Duke, who later walked on the moon himself during Apollo 16. Can you believe that? Where have we come? Huh? Wow. Talk about steps backwards. Going to the moon. And now, (laughs) one more time. What are they called? We used to celebrate going to the moon. Now we're crying about this. Lights on. Forward. No, no, that's not what I meant. Sorry. We're crying about the uh, we're crying about the amusement park situation. The amusement park situation. Hey, before I go to break, uh, McCoy is in the Bronx. Hi, McCoy. Hey, Greg, what's going on, man? How are you, sir? Hey, you know what the problem with that is? What? You know what I mean? If you go into an amusement park, this is for children. Right, everybody should be, you know, uh, open to the children. You shouldn't miss none of them if you walk by. Have you, you seen I mean? McCoy? McCoy, have you seen the video? Of course, I've seen the video. All right, McCoy, I've wait, 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 McCoy. Kids cry at the slightest provocation, and even when you're not provoking them, they 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 cry no matter what. They cry. You know, I got a kid. If I look at her sister, she starts crying. Okay, I mean, they're they're just kids are by definition pretty selfish and they're allowed to be. They're allowed to be. And it's look, if you think this is a federal case, I can't help you. If you think that this is really we got to go canceling. uh, We got to go penalizing these costume characters. Look at the video again. You got to look. I know it's absurd. I really instead of looking at the video, I think we should all read a book. I think we should all get into the Bible. McCoy, I see this thing totally different from you. I really do. Uh, it's it's. I do know this as a policy. Uh, they don't want to hug babies for whatever reason. They don't want to hug babies. But the costume character was saying no to somebody else. Something happened before Rosita saw those beautiful black kids. Craig, Rosita should be fired. <laughs> okay, right, 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 Rosita. I mean, look. We're going to have national conversations now about some anonymous person inside that suit. Hey, what if I told you we don't even know the color of the person inside Rosita? Could be white, could be Asian, could be black, could be... I have no idea. Neither do you, by the way. Neither do you. Now, (laughs) is that in the job description? I happen to know it's not. I happen to know that you do not... The job description isn't to hug every single kid at a parade. Think about it. Every single kid at a parade, they're going to hug. It doesn't work that way, buddy. You know, I I, I actually did this for a day. You can go on my Twitter. I, I dressed as Big Bird, and I went to Times Square. You're wearing that big, stupid head. You can't see very well. Anyway, McCoy, let's talk about something else for 30 seconds. What do you do when you're not uh, getting mad about Sesame Street? What do I do? I listen to you. I know, you but know well, besides that, what else? What else? What do you do? What's your job? What do you mean? What do I do? I'm a welding instructor. Oh, man, that is something that's kind of awesome. You'll always have work, and it's it's hard. Hey, by the way, I guess you have one of those face masks with the little window, right? Yes, I do. That thing is very cool. It's very cool. Hey, have you ever seen a movie called Heat? Uh, no, 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 not Heat. Uh, Thief. Thief with James Caan. That's right. There's a lot of welding in it. Let me tell you something that was very good about that. 
they actually did the right thing with that because there is a tool called a lance, and that's what he was using. I had a feeling it was authentic. I don't know from welding, but I had a feeling, and that's why you know you mentioned I thought of you. I'm so glad you appreciated it and that they did it right. They did it right. James Conn, rest in peace. He died about, a, uh, what, a week ago or so. Hey, McCoy, I got to go. Thanks for calling. Keep in touch. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm neither here nor there on Biden getting COVID. He is, uh, he's got COVID. He has COVID. Now, I think, actually, they came up with this as a distraction for his admission yesterday that he has cancer. I think it's really, I think it's, I, they go together. Not the illnesses, but I think that the COVID um, announcement today is to cover up for the cancer admission yesterday. And I have all these medical panels talking about uh, COVID and he's uh, twice vaccinated, uh, twice boosted, all that stuff. But he still got COVID. Um, I noticed the media is, uh, well, do you remember when Trump got COVID? Remember that when he, he came down with it? I mean, it was it was the end of uh they were writing his political obituary. I think a lot of them wanted him to die, quite frankly. I mean, they were writing his political and literal obituary. Um, they uh, were so alarmist, and he recovered. He recovered. He re- recovered. He was very strong. He came back. It was pretty awesome, actually. I still think it was awesome. He gets, uh, comes in. He goes up those steps and takes off the, uh, the mask. They're like, oh, he's pretending he's a dictator. What the hell was wrong with that? He beat COVID like he beat everything else. I thought it was fantastic. So um, as, totally unfair. Uh, the standards are uh, different for Democrats and Republicans. I wish it was more complex than that, but it's it's not. It really is. Now, tonight, you're going to see two witnesses at these phony January 6 hearings. One is Sarah Wallace, who is a deputy White House press secretary, which is not a very important person. There's a good chance that Sarah Wallace never even met the president uh, or may have been in a room with the president, but I can guarantee you the president didn't know her name, and it just doesn't make a difference what her impressions are, this, that, and the other thing. She's one of those who walked out on January 6th. The other one, his name is Pottinger. Uh, Pottinger. He's a bit more impressive. He was a Marine Corps officer. He was a reporter for the Wall Street Journal at one point. He speaks Chinese. He is um, he's an impressive guy, uh, but they're going to make it sound like because he speaks Chinese and because he served in the military that we should accept whatever it is he says about the situation. He knows nothing about the election, nothing, just like Bill Barr, nothing. They are not experts. Donald Trump, it was, oh, he, all he had to do is have a gut sense that this thing was phony, this election was rigged. And he could have asked for whatever he wanted in terms of opposing that electoral count. And under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, there was a legal, totally constitutional forum uh, for him to have his suspicions addressed. Totally legal. Matt Pottinger, who cares what he thinks? And I don't care that he was in the Marine Corps. Quite frankly, that's coming from a Marine. You'll see tonight. They're going to make such a big deal out of that. Like somehow they're so selective. If you served in the military, who cares? Unless you can serve their purposes, right? Nobody, nobody, quite frankly, gives a damn about my military service, and neither should they. Okay, I walked into all kinds of places. Hi, here I am, Greg Kelly. Yeah, it was on my resume. They didn't care. They only care when they can use it to achieve their own ends. That's what's going to happen tonight. I'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. 
So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. No, it's all making sense. All making sense. Joe Biden suddenly comes down with COVID, COVID, all right? Double boosted, twice vaccinated, all that stuff. And right after, he admits to having cancer yesterday. Now, they say that's a gaffe. They say he got confused, as he always is. And uh, there's something about the way he said it, though, tells me that he has cancer. And uh, they want to get off that subject fast, okay? That opens all kinds of issues. What kind of therapy is he receiving? Is it chemotherapy? Is it hormonal therapy? You know, some of that stuff, especially the chemotherapy, uh, could have a cognitive effect. Well, you say, well, he has hair. You know that hair is fake, by the way. I mean, he was bald. He was bald at one point, totally bald. You know, he had hair on the sides by his ears, but he was bald. Now he's got hair in the middle. So he knows all about artificial hair and implants and all that stuff. So here he is, cut 30, uh, just yesterday. And listen carefully to how he says it. I believe him here. Cut 30. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? It had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. Hmm. Um, cancer, you say? Yeah, he did. And he's saying it for environmental reasons. Like, you know, there was so much oil and soot around. That's not why we have cancer. He really emphasized it. One more time. Cut 31 now. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Wow. I mean, yeah. And he's not talking about sun cancer, but that's what the White House, uh, skin cancer, that's what the White House actually has come out and said. Oh, he was referring to melanoma that he had on his nose uh, a while back before he became president. That's the cancer, which basically everybody sooner or later has to have some mole removed from their nose. That's what he was talking about? No, he was saying because of environmental reasons. Excuse me. And Delaware having a high rate of cancer, right? DuPont chemical, all that stuff. I could believe it. I could also believe very easily a 79-year-old man, the chances are he would have probably prostate cancer. So they come out with this COVID stuff, and he looks totally fine. He's not sick. If he had a test on Tuesday, he had a test on Tuesday. You can get instant results, so he cleared that. Why? Why did he get a test last night or early this morning? Now there's an announcement of him on the balcony saying, I'm fine, folks. I have COVID, but I'm totally fine. And he looks okay. I mean, he looks, you know, he's Joe Biden, so he doesn't look that great, but he looks like the same old Joe Biden, and he's out there on the balcony. Something's up. Something is totally up, as there is with this administration. Uh, They are liars. They are so deceitful. And Joe Biden has always been that way, always been that way. And the thing with him is he's not that smart. So his lies, they're not even, you know, there's no there's no art to it. You know, there's no deception. It's just lies. It's just in your face lies. I love it. Some people say I play this too much, but I'm sorry. Every little thing he says in this one clip in 30 seconds is untrue. Cut 32. 
What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. None of that is true. None of it. None of that was true. Zero. No international moot court competition. He didn't graduate in the top half of his class. He was damn near the bottom. 87 in a class of 94, I believe. No, not three degrees from undergraduate. He barely got one. The brazenness, the boldness, and he's doing it with a smile on his face. There's something wrong with him. There's something really strange. There's something wrong. There's something psychologically. There's a problem there. There's a problem with a lot of politicians, by the way. You know, some 29-year-old guy gets up in Delaware and says, I can be your senator based on what? Based on what? Nothing. He had done nothing in his life. He becomes senator. You know what? The the, the county executive of uh, of Nassau County, you have to get 10 times as many votes in Nassau County to become the county boss than you do to become a senator from Delaware. If you really want to be a senator from Delaware, you can move there. You can pull it off. It's not that big a political accomplishment. It just isn't. He got lucky, by the way, at the age of 29. So he got out of law school when he was 25. Two years later, he becomes a city councilman. Two years later. So he has no two years of regular life. And city councilman isn't all that. So four years starts running for the United States Senate at the age of 28. Why not? Delaware. It's just Delaware. Most counties in New York are bigger than Delaware. There are counties in New York that are bigger than Delaware. I think Wyoming County is bigger. We have a Wyoming County in New York State. We also have uh, St. Lawrence County, I believe, is bigger. I know San Bernardino County is bigger than the state of Delaware. Yikes. Um, This might be an issue for Corn Pop. Whatever happened to Corn Pop, they believe he's dead there was some doubt about whether he existed or not. Hey, they're still trying to cancel uh, Dave Chappelle. Funny guy. So good. Uh, you know, he does what comedians are supposed to do. Poke fun of us. All of us. All of us. That means straight people. That means white people. That means black people. That means transgender people. That means lesbian people. Gay people. Straight people. All of us. Republicans. Democrats. Every single buddy. And he does it sometimes with sometimes with a lot of vulgarity, but he didn't invent that. One of the funniest things ever created was Eddie Murphy. What is that uh, concert he did when he was wearing the leather jumpsuit or the leather suit? Raw. Eddie Murphy, raw. There will probably be nothing produced as funny as that ever again, with the possible exception of uh, Jerky Boys 1, 2, and 3. But... um, uh, Dave Chappelle. So some transgenders were offended and they canceled his latest event. And the corporate entity, it was like a big arena. They apologized. I mean, they went crazy with their apology. Dave Chappelle show canceled by Minneapolis venue after social media backlash. Haven't you learned anything from Trump uh, venue in Minneapolis? 
I'll get to that in a second. A Dave Chappelle stand-up show in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was canceled on Wednesday, just hours before the comedian was set to perform. First Avenue, the iconic venue that provided the setting for Prince's Purple Rain, announced that the show would not be taking place at their theater and was instead moving to Varsity Theater. In an Instagram post, the venue addressed the social media backlash they had received after booking Chappelle, who has had his share of controversy this year after his Netflix special, The Closer, was criticized for transphobic jokes. To staff, artists, and our community, we hear you and we are sorry. We know we must hold ourselves to the highest standards, and we know we let you down. We are not just a black box with people in it. And we understand that First Ave is not just a room, but meaningful beyond our walls, the statement reads. The First Avenue team and you have worked hard to make our venues the safest spaces in the country. And we will continue with that mission. We believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression, but in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. What a, what a strange thing. Uh, let's see here. We believe in diverse voices. Do you? How, how is that? You're shutting this guy down. Uh, let's see. We know there are some who will not agree with this decision. You are welcome to send us feedback. Okay, you suck. If you are a ticket holder, look for uh, an email, information to go to another theater. All right, so this is a big, iconic venue. Somehow I thought, isn't it sponsored by a major bank or something like that? Because this is not the way a... Let's see here. First Avenue, your downtown danceteria since 1970. Let's see who owns that. Um, this is uh, dangerous stuff. I, if it can happen to a guy like Dave Chappelle, it can happen to an ordinary stand-up, it can happen to a truck driver, it can happen to an accountant. They have now, you know, forget about transphobia for a moment. What about anybody who likes Donald Trump? You can't, you can't in New York City wear a Make America Great Again hat. I have often thought about doing this experiment. I'm tempted to, but I don't want to get hurt. Maybe I'll hire somebody to do it. But if you walked around New York City, especially, let's say, what's a good neighborhood? Maybe, I don't know, the West Village, the East Village, and you wore a Make America Great Again hat? How about the Upper West Side? Pick your neighborhood. I don't think you would be unmolested. I think you would be physically assaulted. I know you would be actually. Why do you, why don't, I would love to have somebody go around with a hat on and somebody watching with a cameraman. How about the comments? Number one, the comments would be horrible. And then I think physical harm could come to that person for a make America great again hat. If you wore an Obama hat, of course, nobody would say anything. What if you wore that Obama hat in a red state, in a red city? Let's think about that. There aren't too many, but um, Anchorage, Alaska, all right, believe it or not, they have a downtown Anchorage, Alaska. Or what if I went to Billings, Montana? I'm sure they have a mall in Billings, and you walked around with an Obama hat. Would your physical safety be at risk? Of course not. Of course not. And conservatives, we, we're more open-minded. We are, I don't want to use the word tolerant, but we, I actually, I think we are more comfortable with ideological diversity than the left is. I know we are. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that kind of sad? I can't wear I can't express my views, my affinity for Donald Trump, that I like him as a person, that I like his politics, that I like his style. 
I've already lost a hell of a lot of friends, by the way, and I'm sure you have as well. People who just can't talk to you. I love them, but they won't talk to me anymore. They won't talk to me. Some people from all walks of life, some people like, yeah, former colleagues, um, even some present colleagues, believe it or not. I got all kinds. They just, nope, mm-mm. Can't have a conversation about it. Hey, Alan Dershowitz was on my show, the great Alan Dershowitz last night. Man, he's fantastic. This brain of his, just listen to this guy. Here he is defending Trump during the impeachment of, uh, phony impeachment number one. Just fantastic. Cut 45. Do abuse of power and obstruction of Congress constitute impeachable offenses? The relevant history answers that question clearly in the negative. It cannot turn conduct that is not impeachable into impeachable conduct simply by using words like quid pro quo and personal benefit. Yeah, he's just brilliant. He really is. He's like the um, the backstop of America. You know, he's kind of like this human, um, he's a human version of the Constitution, I, I would say. He's like the living, breathing Constitution. You know, he's a liberal Democrat. He votes for Hillary, all that stuff. But... He believes in America. He believes in the Constitution. This is what the Constitution says, not what you guys are trying to pretend it is. He hates the January 6th hearings. He thinks they're un-American, the idea that they all agree with each other. Is it time? It's okay. I got to go for a moment. I'll be right back. Hold on. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This uh, Dave Chappelle and that venue, he was just canceled. (laughs) A show of his was literally canceled. You say you can't cancel him? Well, First Avenue, a big venue in Minneapolis, canceled the show. They don't like the transphobic jokes. I personally like them. I like all. I like most of his jokes. I like jokes about uh, white men, black men, Asian people. I, you name it. I like it. It's, it's all funny. You know the differences. You know we, we can't ignore them. All right. It's uh, you got to let him speak. What's almost more disturbing? At first, I thought this was like American Airlines Arena or Tropicana Stadium. You know how these corporations now took over all the stadiums and changed their names to. Lame stuff. Well, this is not that. This is uh, These are just some hipsters. Uh, this place has been around for a long time. It used to be a Greyhound bus depot. It was converted, and a private individual is in charge of it, and uh, that almost makes it worse. You know, somebody who's in business for themselves is like, we see you, we hear you, we are canceling. We have to understand that this is a, a safe place for caring. and you should just get the hell out of here. <laughs> I love that. that. Michael Scott said something. Uh, uh, the office. Yeah, we're having diversity training, and uh, this is a place of welcoming and love, and you should just get the hell out of here. He hated the HR guy. Speaking of which, um, Kari, Carrie Lake is running for governor in Arizona. I love this woman. She's amazing. Uh, she's running as a Republican. She has the support of Donald Trump. She is a former news anchor for the Fox affiliate there in Phoenix. Uh, she has come to hate the media. I totally understand it. I totally get it. People are like, how? wait a second, she worked in the media. How could she hate it? Well, you know, uh, the net effect of the media is harmful, all right? The net effect of the mainstream media is harmful. Yeah, I know what she's talking about. I was there too. You carve out a little niche for yourself where you feel, you feel comfortable, where you believe in what you're doing. But the net effect of the entire industry is terrible. Now they're saying, uh, oh, wait a second, she's friends with the drag queen, yet she is trying to use the drag issue, uh, you know, drag queen story hour with kids. Why isn't she supporting that? What a hypocrite. She's friends with a drag queen from 20 years ago. Well, so am I, quite frankly. I've met drag queens as an adult. I met uh, RuPaul. RuPaul, by the way, 
Very cool individual. One of the nicest people I've ever met and actually helped me. Talk to me is a private conversation, not about anything, you know, but it was I really like that person. And um, I have a feeling has RuPaul spoken about any of this stuff? I wonder. I don't think RuPaul thinks that drag queens should be going into schools to speak to the children. I just don't think that's appropriate. And I have a feeling RuPaul agrees. I got to I bet I could get that person on the phone. I very very good. Has one of the greatest dance albums of all time, Supermodel of the World, I think it was called. Came out in the mid 1990s. I remember RuPaul before she kind of went mainstream. There was like like bootleg tapes, kind of like the Jerky Boys before they got uh, they got that album deal. Really fun, edgy, interesting stuff. Edgy, edgy. I think Ru likes to be edgy. Anyway, what am I getting at? Uh, so Carrie Lake was friends with the drag queen. They're saying, no, we just don't want drag queens coming to the schools reading to children. That's a recipe for something not good. All right? Nobody should be coming to the school, quite frankly. And don't we have teachers for that? Yeah, we have. A, there's a word for that. Teachers. All right. Tony in Westchester. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm good. A um, couple of things. First of all, I, I would love you to run for mayor, and I would love to be involved in your campaign if that happens. But secondly, and you know how I love that you're not afraid to, you know, say your belief in God. And you don't have to worry about rotting in the casket. The Bible says that when we die, we change in the twinkling of an eye, and we're going to be in the presence of Jesus and our loved ones. I know. I know that. I do know that. I know that. I know that. I do know that. But just as a kid, it comes from when I was a child. You know, when you're first becoming acquainted with death, and maybe you go to a funeral home for the first time, and you and you learn about coffins and burial. And I think that fear kind of just stayed with me. I know I don't have anything to be afraid of, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, by the way, Catholics, Christians can be cremated, right? There's a there's a provision for us to be cremated, correct? Well, I I don't know about, I don't know about that, but I, I know, no, 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 no. I think there is, there, there, there is, you can be, you can be cremated and buried in a Catholic ceremony. There, there is a, there is a, uh, a provision. I know it was a little bit touchy, touch and go there for a while, but there is a way for Catholics to be cremated, and I will be signing up for that. <laughs> and and you know what? When I listen to you and and Mayor Giuliani, I don't know how you keep um, your equilibrium with with the attacking, with the upside down of everything in this world. You know the truth, and, well, and the media is and the media is gone. It is, but you know, I'm I personally share your. I am amazed by Rudy Giuliani because they'll be yelling and screaming about him on the TV on 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 CNN and MSNBC. They'll be talking about him at the January six hearings, and I'm looking at the guy having a chat with him about you know other stuff, and they're they're uh-huh. they're going after him on live television, coast to coast, and the they're all talking about Rudy Giuliani, and he is talking to me. Uh, he's an amazing guy. A uh, he's been through a lot, though. I got to tell you, and I think this really got him. And he's going to be totally restored. You know, when they revoked oh, his law license oh, in New York, God. those sons of oh gosh, he's going to get it all back, all back, and more. He is on the right side, right side of history. He will be vindicated and restored. Not that he needs much restoration. The people close to him love him. I love the guy. What the hell and. Uh, He's just a great, 
American, and uh, but you're right. It just kind of it flows. It just it rolls right off them. And I'm sure some of the stuff possibly stings. But um, anyway, Tony, very kind of you. Uh, thank you. Uh, keep in touch about the mayor thing. I am considering it. Men of God. You're both men of God. Yes. Yes. And, and I know. And I think truth wins out because God wins out in the end. He does. We're assured of that. So carry hey. on, my friend. And I, I hope to um, be working on your campaign. All right, Tony, keep in touch. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. People are really responding. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. And uh, it is all in God's hands. And, uh, by the way, you know, you talk about it. I am making other improvements in my life. You know, I used to read the Bible as uh, – well, I didn't read the Bible for like 45 years. And then I started reading it, and then it became as natural as brushing my teeth. And then um, only a couple of months ago I noticed, hey, I'm not really reading this anymore. Uh, and now I'm back, and it's wonderful, and it's a way to uh, have a relationship with the creator of the universe. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Get into the Word. I, re- I recommend the Charles Stanley Bible, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. And there's that listener in New Jersey. I am sending you that Bible. I still have it. It's on my list, and it has little footnotes and explainers in it for you. All right, I'll be right back. Give me a sec. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I just found out somebody else I know is wasting their time on TikTok. TikTok, TikTok. You know, I made the mistake of downloading TikTok and then I deleted it and somehow it's still in my phone. I have, I I guess the Chinese government, they know everything about me. They know all of my text history. They know everything, I'm sure. Everything's been compromised because at TikTok, not only are our phones and our data compromised, but our values, our way of life, we have corrupted a generation, corrupted a generation of primarily women and girls, boys and men, primarily. I mean, just young people obsessed with this crap that China, oh, by the way, doesn't let their people use. Not to the extent that we use it. And you know what they don't do in China? They're not pushing the uh, LGBTQIA agenda down everybody's throats. Now, I don't like China. I don't like their way of life. I like the Chinese people. I have I the, the people, great. The government, bad. Really bad. Homicidal, genocidal, you name it. And they want to eat our lunch. And it looks like they are. And we have a president who is so compromised. Oh, by the way, looks like our prosecutors in America are getting uh, mm, a bit more curious about Hunter Biden. And they are mulling charges they're thinking about charging him with something. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. I really, I, I, this could go either way. I have a feeling they'll give him a great big pass. Federal prosecutors, the U.S. attorney from Delaware, I don't think so. I just don't think they're going to hold Hunter accountable. Um, no, they don't do that to Democrats. They don't do it to the children of a president, of Democrat president. No, not this one. I don't think so. I would love it if it happened because, wow, I've been through that laptop. Wow. Hey, the sheer fact that he got that job in Ukraine, my God. Meanwhile, as we talked about yesterday, Michael Grimm, <laughs> Congressman Michael Grimm, they got him on uh, not, what is it, uh, paying the uh, delivery boys under the table. Uh, I would never take a job 
over the table as a delivery boy. You can't tax that stuff. You're getting nickels. You gotta you gotta get paid under the table. People do that. I'm sorry. Let's be real here. It happens. Well, you're not giving Uncle Sam his due. All right, relax. We're all uh, uh, a civil fine, okay? Make them pay penalties. Make them uh, whatever. But they threw him in jail. They threw him in jail. The government, the government, the Chinese government, the American government. Now, unlike uh, China, we got this beautiful document, the United States Constitution. But there are very few, fewer and fewer adherents, true adherents, gosh, these Democrats, a lot of these judges, they love power. Hey, can I talk about a judge for a second? I feel very bad about this case. Um, judge Solomon. Anybody know about this? It was in the New York Post a couple of days ago. I'm surprised this isn't a bigger story. So there's this judge. He lives on Park Avenue. He's a retired judge. And he had a, a son, 26 years old. So uh, what, what police think happened is inside the apartment, the son, the 26-year-old, his name is Doug, beats his mother to death with a like a piece of furniture, bludgeons her at Park Avenue and 79th Street, and then jumps out the window and kills himself from the 16th floor. The judge presided over some pretty noteworthy cases over the years. Supreme Court, uh, New York State Supreme Court judge, and no one's talking about it. You ever notice that? These huge things I'm like, wait, I wanted to find out, okay, who is this Doug? Where did he go to school? What, what was his job? What's going on? Almost nothing about it. Very little. I'm like, this is a crazy story. Let me get this straight. A judge in New York, New York City, who's presided over some pretty big cases like uh, murder cases, murder cases that were in the tabloids. His son kills his wife in the home and then jumps out the window and kills himself. And no one's talking about it. I see this a lot sometimes. Hey, here's another story. You know that I don't want to. I don't want any trouble, so maybe I shouldn't talk about it. But uh, there was that uh, guy in where is he? Up in Yonkers, somewhere in Westchester County. He's being held in custody on the allegation that he arranged for the murder of his father and brother. Right? He hired a gunman who killed his father who reputed to be in the mob. Remember this, going through the McDonald's drive-thru? So you guys don't even remember. And nobody talks about that case. He went to his father's funeral as the suspected killer. Months later, they they arrest him. And it's like, wait a second. We got a guy. He lives in the Bronx. He kills, and nobody, what are their names? I don't, it's like a distant memory. Everything just kind of slips away. Oh, we want to hear from George Soros for a moment. I don't like this guy, but I realize I don't think I've ever heard him speak. A lot of people don't even know what he looks like. He's this mysterious guy from Hungary, seems to hate our way of life here in America. And he says something about Joe Biden that may be quite interesting. This is George Soros, the voice of George Soros on Joe Biden. Cut 22. I also want to mention that uh, there is one pers- person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, and that's Biden. In fact, I got to know him with regard to Ukraine. He had a lot more patience than I had in trying to convert Poroshenko into a democratic leader. I fed up with him and I told him so, but actually uh, Biden kept on uh, trying uh, trying to convert Poroshenko 
into a Democrat. <laughs> That's George Soros. This is the big, bad uh, socialist lunatic. Uh, I think I can take him. No problem. He didn't sound that uh, foreboding to me. Uh, but interesting that George Soros got the number of Poroshenko right off the bat. And Joe said, no, we can work with uh, we can work with uh, Poroshenko. Yeah, we can work with him. I wonder if his son getting 80 something thousand dollars a month from that crazy Ukrainian gas firm had anything to do with his patience. What do you think? Huh? I think it may have had something to do with that. Wow. George Soros. I don't know if that was inadvertent or not, but uh, uh, very eh, somewhat interesting. Somewhat interesting. OK. Um, hey, this is Mark Lazary. He is the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. And um, here he is talking about uh, the Chinese influence in the NBA. I'm very curious about this. If you don't mind, cut 25. China's taking a very aggressive stance, which is, hey, you want to about us? You're out. Right? Which is, I, I get it. There's nothing. It's business. So their view is, look, you want to be in our country, you want to do things. If you're going to complain about us, you're not allowed. So what happens for the NBA is the NBA's in a box. The NBA is in a box. Why? Why the hell do they have to do business in China? Why can't they blow off China? Doesn't the NBA make enough money? The what's his name? Stern. Who's the commissioner of the NBA? That evil looking guy. He makes what? Thirty million dollars a year. Adam Silver. He makes what does he make? Twenty seven to thirty million dollars a year. Does he want to make sixty million dollars a year? How many yachts can you water ski behind uh, Adam? And <laughs> uh, the NFL, too. Well, uh, it, it's just there's too much. I have no interest in basketball. I have no interest in football anymore. It's been ruined. It's woke. It's weird. And it's too much money. Mark Lazary speaking some truth there. Milwaukee Bucks owner. If you want to um, deal with China, deal with China on the basketball level. Don't say anything about what they do. I don't think we should be doing anything, anything at that of that nature. Um, remember, I guess we sent over um, exhibition ping pong leagues. But we shouldn't be having, the NBA shouldn't be over there making money. I don't think so. Eh, look, I didn't really study it too uh, closely. Wait a second. Let's go to uh, uh, George in Rockland. Hello. Hey, uh, Mr. Kelly. So uh, what you thought about uh, having an open primary in New York State? Uh, I look at it this way, okay? We all pay for it, and I don't think it's fair that uh, while we pay for something, we don't have an access, and they say, well, you have to become to be a member of a party. I don't think so, okay? If I pay for it, like anything else, I should have a right to go and participate. What do you think? Mm, no, I don't like the open primary thing because uh, the other side can screw up uh, another party's uh, plans and uh, procedures uh, too easily, and I, I don't like that. I think Republicans should vote in the Republican primary and Democrats should vote in the Democrat primary. I think it's uh, reasonable for these political parties to have an assist from the state. I'm okay with it. I look. I'm frustrated sometimes myself. I uh, I'm not. Uh, what am I? I'm an independent. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. So I can't vote in the primaries. Does that annoy me sometimes? Yes. Um, should I? And I'm paying for it too. So should I insist? Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna. It's not something I feel terribly passionate about. And I I see the. I see the downside. I see the more upside to having uh, closed primaries, if that's the right phrase. Okay, George? Fair enough? Have a good day. Thanks, pal. You too. Uh, Pasquale in Middletown. Hello. How you doing? I like your show. How's it going? Fine. What's up? Good. Uh, 
I told the screener before, uh, Joe Biden and his son Hunter, they're two shakedown artists. They're almost as devious and underhanded as the Kennedys in the scheme of things. And what's going on with our country, Greg? It is just, you know, out of control. Hey, can I ask you one thing about the Kennedys? I don't think the Kennedys were shakedown artists like the Bidens. The Bidens were not rich, and they became rich. Remember the Kennedys? They were cra- they were like the Rockefellers. They were billionaires. They still have money. I mean, John F. Kennedy was flying around on his own plane as a congressman. These guys had an insane amount of money. Jo- Joe Kennedy, the patriarch, said, I spent so much money uh, on that election, on that congressional election, JFK's first election, I could have gotten my chauffeur elected. So they didn't have to shake down too many people. Now they were they, they were into all kinds of things. They you know the women and and whatnot. But um, I don't think they were hustling people for money. That's my that's my sense. You know what I mean? Ted, what about Ted Kennedy? Well, he's a criminal. He's a criminal. Uh, you know, he's a criminal. He killed that girl. You name a bridge after him, Ted the Swimmer Kennedy. Have a good day, Greg. All Thanks right, see you. See you. Uh, yeah. Wait. I mean, I was just talking about the okay. Yeah, Ted. Look, I did twenty minutes on Ted last night. By the way, Ted Kennedy. And Chappaquiddick, for that matter. Speaking of which, here's a little bit of... Uh, wait, where is that? All right. Uh, Ted Kennedy trying to explain his way out of the situation. And uh, uh, here it is. Yeah, cut 47, please. This is Ted Kennedy trying to explain uh, the dead girl in his car. Cut 47. On the weekend of July 18th, I was on Martha's Vineyard Island participating with my nephew, Joe Kennedy... As for 30 years, my family has participated in the annual Edgartown Sailing Regatta. Only reasons of health prevented my wife from accompanying me. I attended on Friday evening, July 18th, a cookout. When I left the party around 11.15 p.m., I was accompanied by one of these girls, Miss Mary Jo Kopechny. Mary Jo was one of the most devoted members of the staff of Senator Robert Kennedy. All of us tried to help her feel that she still had a home help her what? with the Kennedy family. There is no truth, no truth whatever, to the widely circulated suspicions of immoral conduct that have been leveled at my behavior and hers regarding that evening, the car that I was driving on an unlit road went off a narrow bridge, which had no guardrails and was built on a left angle to the road. It was uh, the bridge's fault. It was the bridge's fault. You murderer. You bloody murderer. Unbelievable. And he gets to stay in the United States Senate and run for president with a straight face. And the mainstream media did everything they could to protect him. You know what? There's one question, though, that really tripped him up. One question he couldn't quite answer. It's kind of famous. Uh, he's running for president. He's about to run for president. The year is 1979. He's going to primary Jimmy Carter. And Roger Mudd asks him, why do you want to be president? And Ted Kennedy sits there dumbfounded for like a good five seconds and then starts going like just make gibberish, making no sense at all. So the question is, why do you want to be president? Well, uh, if uh, you... uh, should I decide to run, um, you would have to consider that uh, this country has more natural resources than any than any country on earth and and more uh, uh, value in its real estate than 
and, and he has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. And it is like sometimes the simplest questions. You know these jerks in the swamp, especially on Meet the Press, uh, they come up with these convoluted essay questions. Sometimes the very best questions are, so what do you think? What next? Why? And it screws them up big time. Uh, it screws them up big time. All right, some simple questions for you, my callers, when I return. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we are back live. And uh, right now the White House is in a crisis mode. Everyone's on their case about Joe Biden, uh, COVID positive. Uh, why didn't he get tests? Uh, I don't know. I think it's all a fake. It's all a fake job to distract. And that it's working so far. From Biden's admission from just yesterday about having cancer. He said it out loud. He really did. And there's no denying it. All right. Uh, Ron in Nassau County. Yes. So how are you? How's everything? Good. What's up? We're experiencing some lightning storms out here right now. But um, so I was wondering if you'd give this a thought. Could it be possible that the faux pas about cancer and COVID be one of those things like a preemptive uh exit for joe biden coming up it's a very interesting thought you might be onto something um i think he may have gotten ahead of himself that there he has to leave next year you heard me say that he's going to resign sometime next year and it may be they may cite cancer and i think that plan is already in the works and this very good point ron i could totally see that Cancer would be uh, would be mentioned. We'll see. Thank you, Ron. Uh, let's try Bonnie in Manhattan. Yes, Bonnie. It's nice to speak with you again. And um, I want you to know I don't walk around Manhattan with a mega hat on, but I always stand up for what's right and the truth. And I have a little story for you. On Tuesday night, I was walking along East 64th Street with a friend. Hey, wait a second. Are you yes. the one from the Bahamas? Yes, yes, Oh, yes. good, yeah. <laughs> You're good. You recognize voices. Yes. Okay. And I'm walking along East 64th Street with a friend, and um, we stopped at Ivana Trump's home. And there were many flowers and candles and tributes and little check flags. And um, there was a beautiful note on the door that said, um, Dear Ivana, thank you for all your contributions to New York City. We love you. Rest in peace. And we love Trump, too, our next president, exclamation mark, which I thought was very beautiful. So we're standing there, and an older couple comes along, and they engage us in conversation. And the wife was very sympathetic and thought it was a terrible thing that happened. And I said, yes, she was such an accomplished woman. I said she achieved so many things in her life. I said she was very smart. And uh, I went on to talk about her clothing line, perfume, jewelry, all of that. Yeah. So I said she was very smart, and the husband looked at me, and he said, I don't think she was smart at all. I think she was pretty stupid. And I looked at him, and I said, excuse me? I said, what did you say? He said, yeah, she was pretty stupid. Look at who she married. And I said, I knew it was a veiled attempt to belittle President Trump. And I said to him. Well, not so veiled. Let's face it. That's not bad. That's a. And wait, 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 wait. His wife was there, too. And she was nice, right? She was very nice. Okay. And she was very sympathetic. All right. Then what happened? Excuse me. So I said to him, excuse me, what did you say? And he repeated it again. He Uh said, yeah, she was pretty stupid. He said, look at who she married. Yeah. 
never mentioned Trump's name, but I got the message. And I said to him, hold it right there. I said, don't go there. I said, please don't go there. I said, why would you belittle and say nasty things about President Trump outside his dead wife's home? I said, have you no respect for the dead? I said, come on. I said, all right, all right. right. What do you say to all that? Say a thing. I said, she was a very smart woman. I said, and you won. You won the argument said to him the smartest thing she ever did in life was to marry Donald Trump. I said because she accomplished everything that she did because of who she was mm. married to. Well, like the yellow-gutted Democrat coward that he was. Oh, come on. He put his tail between his legs and he bolted for Fifth Avenue. Uh-huh. He never said a word well. to me. And I stand up for Trump all the time. I'm not taking it, Greg. I'm not taking it. Bonnie, I love it. Keep it up. You're the best. And uh, I went by that. uh, I went by her house as well. What a beautiful townhouse, by the way. Did you try to look in the window? Did you notice it was a mirror? The mirrors, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie, thank you so much. I got to get to this guy. Are you really in Canada, Gordon? Are you you in Canada? Hi. Yes, Mr. Kelly, I am. How, How are you? How can I help you? What's going on? Oh, nothing. I, I just had some comments the other night about, uh, like, President Trump, and, you know, that man has a lot of empathy, and I think everyone should have empathy for him. Uh, she, she was the mother of three of his children, which is a great accomplishment in itself. And uh, I uh, just would like to extend my condolences to the Trump family. Uh, so, Gordon, thank you. Uh, that's nice. I'm sure they appreciate it. Uh, what's it like up there in Ontario? And what's the difference between Ontario and Quebec? Ontario, my understanding, isn't that French, but Quebec is. Is that right? Well, they're trying to force French onto Ontario people because, of course, it's an elitist government led by, you know, this Prime Minister Numbnuts. <laughs> and he's from Quebec. <laughs> Can't wait to get rid of that guy. Uh, wow, you are. Uh, how close are you to Lake Ontario? Uh, like about an hour in a slow car. Well, I'm closer to Lake Huron in uh, Waterloo here. Huh. Waterloo. Wait a second. Who's from Waterloo? Uh, I don't remember. Is Paul Schaefer from Waterloo? No, he was from Thunder no, Bay. he's from Thunder Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paul Schaefer, the great Paul Schaefer. Well, Gordon, thanks for calling. Real quick, what do you do up there? Uh, as little as possible for the most amount of money. I'm a Trumpian. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, keep it up. Thanks, Gordon. And thanks for listening. We got listeners from all over the world. Thanks, pal. I'll see you later. Uh, I got to get my act together for the nighttime show, 10 o'clock tonight. Let's see here. Seven hours to go. We got a lot to put together. Um, I am going to do something special. On- oh, who will be on tonight? Um, wait a second. Who is going to be on? Do you know who the name David Dorn David Dorn was the uh, former police officer, security guard, who was killed uh, by BLM rioting uh, bastards in St. Louis. Killed. I'm going to have his son on tonight. I'd love to get his thoughts about everything as uh, the country goes totally over the overboard. Not the country. Democrats with this January 6th fiction. It is a fiction. The other thing, who else is going to be on tonight? Oh, uh, Louis Gohmert, great patriot, member of Congress. And me, of course, uh, let's see, I am going to show this footage of ATF agents showing up at a house in Delaware asking to see all the guns that the um, uh, the rightful owner of those guns possesses. Very weird and really goes to the kind of the heart of the matter. 
the fear that some of us have, the government coming to our door to check our weapons, get the hell out of here. I want to see where it says that in the Constitution. Um, that's pretty weird. They set, they showed up with state police as well. Fascinating footage. I'll see you tonight, 10 o'clock on the Newsmax Show. Many thanks. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.